Hi guys, welcome to today's edition of Startup Couches. And on the couch today we have an amazing founder, Yusef. Yusef is the founder and managing partner of Anubis Gaming. Welcome, Yusef. Thank you, Rutana. Thank you. Yeah, it's really, really nice to meet you. And I'm really happy that you are here. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me. How are you? All right. All right. I'm 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 okay myself. I'm okay myself. Great. All right. And so on 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 the couch what we do is we bring amazing people that are building amazing products like Yusef on the couch to share their journey, to give us some insights into what it takes and what it has taken um for them to get to where they are today with the products that they have put out in our communities. And so um diving into the questions the first question i have for you yusef is what is anubis and how does it all work okay so abroad uh, i'd call anubis an esports team a regular professional esports team and a regular professional esports team is uh, uh, just like your regular sports team but we participate and we compete in uh, video games competitively uh, okay. Some some video games are called esports because uh, they're played by a very big amount of people and are seen as something uh, that uh, that is played for its competitiveness rather than for fun. Uh, okay. And it's split into a lot of divisions in terms of skill level. So the more you play the game and the better you are at the game, the higher you climb. And uh, the top 0.1% of these players, the highest ranked players, participate in tournaments for both the entertainment and the education when it comes to any user playing this game. Okay. Uh, so if you play these games and you watch tournaments, you either enjoy these tournaments because you see your champions, the champions you play being played by the best people in the world. Yeah. So you, you enjoy seeing that yourself. That's fun. And at the same time, you get to learn new things because you see something you work on, like the champion you play, and you see it being perfected by someone who plays it at a much higher level. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. like regular sports, when you watch Messi getting a great goal, of course, yes. you have a lot of fun, you enjoy it. But at the same yes. time, he teaches you how he runs, how he moves, uh, how he stays disciplined, and so on and so forth. Yes. So it's, it's the same thing, but it's sports evolved. That's what I'd call Anubis abroad. But sadly, we're in Africa, so we don't. I wouldn't call Anubis a regular professional esports team. I'd call Anubis more... Uh, of a social objective, uh, since regular esports teams survive on support. Uh, that support is not here in the Middle East or Africa. Uh, yes, at least yes. it's not here properly, or through the regular channels where you approach, you're approached by investors or angel investors or sponsors uh, because of your objective and because of your journey and because of your potential. Uh, this is not the case over here. Uh, yeah. we, we mostly uh, invest and sponsor that which is trending. Uh, we do not build in terms of uh, sponsorship and investment that much uh, when it comes to the esports space in, uh, in the Middle East and Africa. Uh, what's been happening for the past six years is that uh, we haven't had uh, any sponsors or platforms or publishers uh, that much present in the region. For the past year, of course, it's been great. Uh, a lot of publishers have uh, begun to show uh, interest. Uh, a lot of sponsors are beginning to show interest uh, and a lot of investors, of course, are looking at the space. But 
like I said before, they're all looking for the wrong reasons. They're all looking for profitability versus yeah. actually building something because here in Africa, uh, we don't have the same buying power. So yeah. we don't yes, get the true. same that we don't get the same assistance. Uh, that's the side effect. Uh, yeah. So so we're either going to have to wait until we develop as an entire continent where we have the spending power which can help us get supported by sponsors, investors, and uh, publishers, or we can do it the proper way, uh, since this is my theory on how these three entities should act, is by building, by perfecting a region that hasn't been built yet, by yeah. learning from everything that happened abroad. So so this is this is Anubis's objective, is to, to, to rid the continent of the mistakes that we've done in other sports. Like you see football now, it's very hard to compare a football team from Egypt, Ghana, Zimbabwe, South Africa, even if it's huge, you can't compare it to a European team uh, or uh, any, a South American team or an American yeah. team for that matter. Why? Yeah. Because we started too late. We, we And it had a lot of reasons, you know, like usually when I speak in interviews, I speak mostly about the mockery, uh, like football in Egypt, we used to call it sockball, so that people who used to play football were ridiculed. So that's, of course, part of the region that your culture does not accept it. So the only reason uh, you will start to, to accept football is by seeing others succeed in football. You have to see Pele. You have to see Maradona. You have to see all of these things happen for yeah. you to be convinced. So yeah. Anubis's objective is basically to rid Africa from making this same mistake again. We can't make the same mistake in esports again. We can't wait until we have titans in the industry, until we, we, we gather our forces and our resources and start competing. We can't. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's mostly because sports rely on human things and worldly and godly things but in esports it relies on technology so yeah. in terms of the speed it won't be as easy to catch up like for now you can see uh, the biggest egyptian team you can compare it to one of uh, the teams in spain for example when it comes to football you can compare them but in esports if we're as late as we were in other sports there is no hope whatsoever yeah that actually makes sense. Um, I love how you have kind of outlined um, what Anubis is and the vision, the vision for esports in Africa versus um, what regular sports has. And so, my very next question is: Who is your main customer segment? So, who are you focusing on? And what kind of games are being played on the platform? Well, currently, uh, uh, our resources only permit us to operate in a select uh, number of games, which are okay. Valorant, Crossfire, and League of Legends. Of course, our objective is to participate in as many esports titles as possible to make it possible for as much piece, people as possible to succeed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we've chosen uh, three games uh, uh, for three specific uh, reasons. Uh, for us, uh, it doesn't matter how a publisher represents itself and how they deal with you and how they understand or appreciate you. We still respect League of Legends. Okay. Uh, we still know how good of a game it is, how of a scalable game it is. So we've chosen it because it will not only 
help us uh, in, in participating in the biggest tournaments in the world. But also, if we have a successful League of Legends team, uh, our staff, our in-house staff will, will experience a lot of things that will help them succeed in future games that will be released because League of Legends is uh, by far the most successful esports in history. Uh, so, so that's why we picked League of Legends for Valorant. We, we also believe in the same model as League of Legends, and this is the same model but in an FPS game. So, so we, we, we have the same reasons for that because we believe in its potential. And for Crossfire, uh, it's, it's sort of the, the, the segment uh, of, of the masses we're talking about. When it comes to Crossfire, it, it's uncomparable when it comes to other games, the amount of people in Egypt who have played Crossfire throughout history. Oh, wow. Maybe not now, in terms of current active users. Of course, it doesn't come close to what you had in 2006 to 2011. Yeah. Uh, and at that time, um, that was sort of the signature game in Egypt for the majority of the population. Okay. Uh, and, and we never had the chance to properly use that, properly use that you have 1 million people playing a game and, and we couldn't use that to scale. So we chose Crossfire because we believe that before the, any new games come out under the Crossfire title, uh, we need to have a good world championship for, uh, appearance before, uh, before it's too late, because I think the Egyptian people deserve it because a lot of people have wasted or have used a lot of their time uh, on the game itself. So the, the least that we can do as a nation is have a good world title uh, appearance when it comes to Crossfire. And uh, we believe in its growth in China very much. Uh, one of the best publishers we've dealt with until today are Smilegate. They've supported the players in every way, shape or form. Okay. Uh, so, so, and we believe very much in this year's World Championship when it comes to the, the team we've selected. Oh, wow. Looking forward to that. Um, I, I think I'm also rooting for the team here. Um, I, I think my next question would be, what platforms um, are, are the games at Anubis, are they mostly mobile-focused or do all you also PC. allow console players? They're all PC right now. Oh, all We're, PC uh, games. Exactly. Our main focus is PC games since uh, the, from, from experience, I can tell you that they require the, the most coaching in terms of uh, team synergy, in terms of chemistry. They require the most uh, effort when it comes to developing yourself and scaling. Yeah. And for me personally, uh, the growth of PC esports compared to all others, uh, for me, it's the, it, it doesn't have to be the biggest growth since you have games like PUBG Mobile and all of these games f flooding the space of the mobile esports sector. Yeah. But uh, for me, it's the most stabilized and consistent sector when it when it comes to all uh, like appliances you can use. PCs for me are the way to go when it comes to to esports right now. Yeah, I actually agree. I think, um, especially on consistency, I think overall consistency um, for people to invest an extra um, extra money to actually get a workstation, a game station set up with their PCs, that means they are in for the long run, right? Compared to um, mobile gaming. So I really, really get that. And I actually really believe this is of consistency for pc players yes definitely um my very next question for you is last year you raised over four hundred thousand dollars in funding 
how did that help you grow the Anubis business? How did that help you grow the community um, you are trying to build, the army of gamers you're trying to build? Well, actually, we didn't raise them last year. We spent them over the last four years uh, or the first four years of our uh, of our operations. We, we've spent nearly $400,000 and then we raised another $350,000. So our total amount raised is around $750,000. And we've spent it all and lost it all in terms of building something. That's why I'm saying when you compare us to a regular esports team, it's it's illogical. Since regular esports teams make 70% of their revenue from merchandising, sponsorship, and things related to support. We don't have that. We're missing 70% of the income we're supposed to have as an esports team. So you have two options. You either lie down and wait until publishers, sponsors, and partners come to the region and see its potential, or you have to make the financial investment yourself. And in terms of revenue, you lose a lot of money, but in terms of scalability and power, I think we are unrivaled in terms of our experience, in terms of our objective, and in terms of our intensity when we want, when it comes to reaching our goal. Because we've lost a lot as a team, we faced very different challenges oh, wow. than teams abroad. We, we we don't face the regular competitor you imagine in Europe or the US. We we, we face the government. We we compete against government entities all around the Middle East. We compete against entities that have been launched by people who work inside of these publishers. So it's a very different model than other parts of the world. Okay. And the fact that we've not only survived, but won all of these challenges in the way they've approached the industry and the way they've tried to corrupt the industry, like most industries here in the region, the way we've been able to fight that, I think, is the reason why there's going to be so much potential in esports in Africa more than the Middle East. Why? It's because when it comes to saying the Middle East, you automatically involve the GCC region. The GCC region are in a different ballgame. You cannot compare yourself to the GCC region in terms of scalability, in terms of finance, in terms of all of these things. There are teams right now we, we we play against and we win against, and they have seven sponsors because they're based in Dubai. Yeah. So if you if you compare Dubai to our target demographic, we have 180 times more fans, more viewers, and more people engaging with us. 180 times. Wow. That's nearly 18,000%. And we have zero sponsors. And the team we're playing against has one over 180 of the demand we have and they have seven sponsors and that's because of spending power which i mentioned earlier yes yes so, so right now there's there's a very big disparity between us and competitors uh, we've we've been approached by people to acquire the team itself and turn it into a gcc team and we were we've refused because we stick to our identity with our name as anubis with what we stand for uh we've we've had the opportunity to take different routes in terms of, of, of making this a more content-rich or profitable entity, but we've always stuck with the fact that if you build the strongest unit in terms of consistency and intensity in reaching an objective of actually winning something and changing an entire region, 
that's much more important than having a one million viewed video on YouTube. You know? True. True. So so it's a much more difficult path, uh, and it's zero or one hundred. You know. And right now, uh, Alhamdulillah, thank God, I can say that we're on the path of one hundred. Yeah. Uh, we're we're sticking to it very much, even though it's it's it's. It's a very rough uh, part of the world and time in, in history right now with the coronavirus and everything to continue to scale. But uh, but yeah, I think we faced very different challenges and I, I'm, I'm extremely sure that in the future there will be a lot of documentaries that will bring up a lot of things from what we faced. Right now, uh, it wouldn't be that smart to share it since we haven't reached the point we want to reach. But it's a very different story. I won't say we've had a harder time or an easier time than our competitors, but I'll tell you this for sure because I've been to to conferences all uh, all around the world when it comes to esports, and I've met with heads from all the regions that surround us. It's a very different industry. It's not worse. It's not better. It's not bigger. It's not smaller. But it's a very different landscape. Yeah. It's truly the jungle. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I I. I, I actually agree with you, and I, I I would like to just point out the the level of passion you also just have in the singular pursuit of the vision of Anubis. I think that's really really admirable, and that leads me to my next question, which is, could you you know tell me about how did Anubis start? How did this whole you know business? How did it how 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 did it all start? For me, I, I, I always uh, wanted to, to represent Egypt in a way or another. I couldn't find the reason in my head, to be honest. Uh, I wasn't that good at school, so, so I didn't find it academically. Uh, but I always had the passion of, of translating our culture to people abroad. Yeah. So when I told stories or, or when, I, when, I, when I heard about uh, any pharaonic story or or Arab story or African story, I'd always memorize it and tell it to my foreign friends. And I always enjoyed uh, when it came to them understanding us more or seeing us for what we really yeah. are. Because, because the media, the, the movies, the songs, all of these things, it's not that they represent us in a bad way, but they don't represent us in a true way. You know, they represent us in a marketable yes. way. But us as a people, we aren't really understood or seen. And that's because right now we don't have that much value in terms of monetary value. But, but of course, that's about to change. Uh, and, and I saw that a lot uh, until today. Uh, I see it more and more every day. I see the potential in, in Africa as a whole. Uh, I, I consider this much more than my home. And, and I always looked for an objective uh, to sort of use this energy. You know, I had so much energy in me, but I couldn't find a way to channel yeah. it. So, so I kept looking for ways to, to, to change Egypt, uh, to change my street with or or change my neighborhood or change uh, anything around me with different projects startups uh, what you uh, everything you may you can imagine a 17 to 20 year old might be thinking of yani uh, it didn't uh, pan out correctly at times but i always had the support of my parents okay. 
So I always tried uh, out these things. created new ventures. Yeah, I wanted, for example, to create a dashcam system for Egypt, where when you create a license, when you renew the license, you have to buy a dashcam that the government itself produces from their factory, and they also produce memory cards. So you get the dashcam and the memory cards, and you'll have dashcams on all the cars in the country. So you'll have much less road accidents, and that was inspired by the fact that we have so many road fatalities. Yeah. Uh, that project, of course, is very hard to accomplish when you're an 18-year-old uh, in your first year of college. So, so that was one of the examples that was shot down. A lot of others were shot down, and 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 when I think about it now, uh, it's good that they were shut down because that's the way I found Anubis, you know. And it was when I was watching a world championship uh, uh, tournament for League of Legends. I always used to play League of Legends and Counter Strike with okay. my friends. And we watched worlds, you know, and then they got this huge world map. And I, I and you, I'm a geography freak. Like, I wasn't that good at school, but when it came to when it came to geography and maths, I loved geography and maths. So when I when it came to the world map that they showed, uh, it was a bit insulting, you know, because every region had its own color, and we had we, we were essentially blacked out, you know, like we we weren't even yeah, on the map. Yeah, grayed out. Like it was. It wasn't even there, you know, not even the outline. Wow. Uh, so I thought it was a coincidence, you know, like we didn't qualify or the team didn't do well. And then I found out that there were no professional League of Legends teams. So then I, I looked for the Counter-Strike World Championship and I found that there was zero Counter-Strike teams. Wow. And I kept looking through other games more and more and more and more games. And for this, usually when I used to send a business plan or a fiscal plan to my dad, uh, he used to take a couple of weeks so we can talk through it and see whether or not it was viable because I had been uh, studying in Spain okay. at the time. And with this project, he, he, he told me, if you prove to me that there are zero teams in the Middle East, I will buy you a plane ticket tomorrow. Wow. And that's what I did, you know. And for me at the time, I was so naive, man. I was so naive. I always thought that what we were missing was an organization to incubate, manage, and coach okay. these guys. You know, that wasn't the case. It was more than it was. It was, more, even it was more infrastructure. <laughs> it was much more, much more. No, no, no. I'll take you step by step. It was not infrastructure. It was none of these reasons because each year that went by. I discovered the truth okay. more and more. And the, and the truth at the end is that we don't have the same value as Europeans or Americans right now. So it doesn't make sense for a publisher to come and build the pla their platform here. The infrastructure is here. Like the building they can put their server in is here. The office space they can rent out is here. The staff they can hire is here. Okay, so in 2015, the excuse was that it was safety because we just had the revolution in 2012 and we changed the president yeah. two years later. And then two years later, the excuse was, as you said, infrastructure. But we already worked face to face with the biggest publisher active in the region right now. We brought them the server space. We showed them that everything was viable and possible. And they still said that the region wasn't ready. So we kept on working and working until we we woke up one day. We found offers to all of our players and all of our staff quadrupling their salaries. And at the time, we were the only team that was even paying wow. salaries. And then we realized that the publisher we were working to build with actually opened up in the Emirates. 
and through one party or another a lot of businessmen discovered that there's a big tournament coming up worth a million dollars and they started scrambling and building esports teams like you'd build a regular company to make a quick buck if you're a yeah. businessman yeah you know so that that's what happened you know and that completely demolished our progress for three months since players started defining their success by the yeah. paychecks since players started putting their hopes in a tournament that was worth a million dollars that next year it would be worth two yeah. right what happened is that that one million dollar tournament i don't know about whether it was a favor or something but it happened once and the next year that tournament was three months long the next year the same publisher made the exact same tournament for seven months more than double wow. the duration and 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 they went from a prize pool of one million dollars you know how much they went from one million dollars oh. the next number fifty thousand oh, dollars wow. Wow. They went from a million dollars to $50,000 the next year. So in any other region, I swear to you, there would be like 300,000 tweets. There would be like uh, uh, YouTube would be flooded. You know, a lot of people would be complaining. How How can you do this? Social media. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And you have to lay down and say, okay, you can't say anything. If I even speak out against any of these people, God knows what they might do, you know? So so right now, we have to adapt to the weirdest things you can imagine, you know? Because if we had gone to an investor in 2019 and told them, hey, there's a tournament for a million dollars this year. Can you imagine how it's, how big it's going to be the next year? And then the next year, your investors find 50, out it's for $50,000. Can you imagine what they will what they will say or how they will see the entire esports industry? They will see it as yeah. a sham. But we went in for those seven months. The, our tournaments are longer than European or American or Asian tournaments. Our tournaments are cheaper. We get paid even one percent or two percent of what others in other regions get paid, and. There is no respect whatsoever to an extent you cannot imagine from the parties that are supposed to respect you, you know? Because in, in sectors like esports, you're supposed to stick together. Like in sectors, in some sectors, the people inside this sector should hold hands, you know, because it's you yeah. against the world. So for them to turn a sector like this into a battleground of politics, that for me was the shock of the past six wow. years, the, the complete shock, you know, because they had already, it's, it's, it's public knowledge for these people that they know that Anubis has refused a lot of opportunities in terms of financial opportunities in order to scale properly and build the industry properly. They know this. Any other competitor in the world, like I said in the beginning, would be viewed as an esports team. Because of what we've been through, you can't call us an esports team. Sadly so. Wow. That's that's actually been um, a journey into just how everything started.
um this has been really 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 um informative for me um and i think my very next question would be um aside from like um other factors internally at the anubis team what would you say are your two biggest challenges today i'd say uh, we've been through a very rough year but we've won everything and that solidified our bond as yeah. a family i don't consider this a company or a team i consider yeah. this a family i don't consider that i have three teams i have one team it's called anubis there is no crossfire valiant league of legends there is no chef driver or cleaning guy or janitor there is one family you know and for us to to go through this pain for a regular organization it would be a bad thing for us it w- it was a very very good thing it was a blessing in disguise to go through what we've been through it solidified our objective as an entity it has made every single player much stronger not just as a player but yeah. as a person and we will be able to show the world our progress through the next year yeah. and and i believe that the only challenge we have left between us as a family is to stay disciplined to stay consistent and to remain as intense as possible for as long as possible so so the only remaining challenges are in our control so it's i'm i'm very hopeful and i'm very faithful of this year yeah that makes sense my very last question would be what is the single biggest lesson you have learned so far with your journey through anubis For me, it's teamwork makes the dream work. You know, that's our slogan, ever since day one. Because I'm a very spiritual person, or I I, I think I'm a very spiritual person. Okay. That's my perspective. Uh, and and I think God shows Himself in sports more than any other sector oh, wow. in the world. And I think uh, in sports, I think it's the only sector where where small guys can beat yes. giants. You know. and with all that's happening in the world right now with the uproar when it comes to the European Super League and all of these things uh, i wish one day the pe- that people would understand that we have been in this situation for 6 years there is a world super league in esports and we we haven't been a part of it yeah. for 6 years so so the thing i've learned the most is when you live every day seeing with your own eyes something that's being taken away from you because of the place you come from you live or the place you come from uh, the only thing that that pushes us through is 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 family you know so it's teamwork and always always sticking by each other and focusing on each other's lives and development and not looking at at what's happening around us you know because it's not a good picture right now yeah yeah um i think that's been you know a great answer teamwork makes the dream work and you know on that note i'd like to say thank you so much yusef for coming on the couch today this has been an insightful conversation where you have taken us through the journey of esports and the history and you know the current state of esports especially um 
in the African region, most especially in Egypt. Um, so I'd like to say thank you so much for being on the couch. Thank you so much for you know making time to come on the couch today. Thank you, man. Thank you, and God bless Africa. Yes, definitely, definitely. And yes. I am looking forward to you know more news from um, the Anubis family because um, I have also learned today that you're not just a team, you're family, and I think that actually really, really makes um, resonates with me because family is really, really important. And so, if you call someone family, it means that they are important to you. So I see how important the team is, and I see how you guys are sticking together and moving forward and for everyone else listening um you already know on the startup couches we bring people building amazing things um and just like yourself today and you can see how passionate he is you know about anubis and the mission behind anubis and so make sure that you subscribe make sure that you share this with your friends and until next time see ya <laughs>